0: Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the Fourth Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach in the South, Coach
1: Brian Jackson. Welcome back, guys, to the
0: 4th Down Experience podcast. I'm Brian Jackson, along with Christopher Hughesby. We're back for season three. We're excited for the 4th Down Experience podcast. We have a lot of fantastic interviewees. And we're going to start off with former Southern Utah punter, a left-footed punter at that. He went undrafted in 2014. He's bounced around with a couple different teams, and he's uh, been on several different practice squads. And he's currently with the Rams right now. Out West.
2: So welcome to the to the call here. Brock Miller, how are you, man? I'm doing awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I uh, heard a couple of your podcasts, and I'm you know happy to be on the call with you guys. So, appreciate it.
3: Yeah, appreciate it, Brock. Uh, we're thrilled to have you on, and we are excited to hear about your journey. As, as Brian and I are former free agents ourselves, we pursued the league for a number of years. So, somebody that's actually making it a little bit further than we are, or we did, uh, it's going to be fun to hear your journey.
2: Yeah, can't wait. Let's
0: do it. Mr. Brock, I mean obviously you're having a really good preseason right now. I mean I saw a couple videos go you know, semi viral on different platforms. Uh, bombed a lefty punt just recently and they got down inside the, the five.
2: I mean talk about your preseason with the Rams right now and how it's going. Oh, it's been it's been a dream come true. Um, first of all, you know, learning from Johnny Hecker, one of the best to ever do it. Um and then, you know, on the kicking side as well, Graves Airline and Jake McQuaid, long snapping. Being around those three guys, first of all, has just made this um, quick turnaround. I mean, I only got signed like two and a half weeks ago, so it's been a crazy ride, but those guys have made made everything that much better. Uh, sort of just taking me under their wing and uh, showing me the ropes, but it's been great.
3: So what kind of... What kind of things do you learn from veterans like that, from Zerloin and, and Hecker? I mean, what, what can you pick up as a rookie just trying to break it in the league? Yeah,
2: um, you know, they, they kind of set the standard. I'm trying to just emulate them, um, you know, how to be a pro on and off the field, uh, how to, you know, handle yourself and carry yourself during practice all week, and how to prepare. Um, you know, this was like before we played, played Oakland in the first first preseason game the first week um you know I didn't really know what to expect as far as you know what a week of practice looks like and and how to get your body ready so i um, kind of picking those guys brains a little bit about what they do and how they prepare and you know because they've been so successful now for like you know seven eight years I think um that that was some good stuff that I could see and and tweak tweak for my body and and you know physically and mentally to get ready to get ready for the game um just on and off the field just has been great kind of absorbing what i can from all all three of those guys yeah and just for the listeners
0: te- yeah technically brock is, is a rookie but he's he's, he's still kind of not a rookie you know you <laughs> right. said you're not a rookie i mean you've been around nfl punters you, you've had a great kicking coach mentor and and Michael Houston, and absolutely, just, you know uh, Darren Bennett. You've you've been around the block, and you've you've been with several NFL teams. Um, one interesting story that, that I heard that just a little bit, I didn't get the full details. Something about the Super Bowl, you know, kind of talk about your left foot, left leg, and, and how that's helped you, and obviously your talents and and what you had,
2: what you did with the Super Bowl recently. Yeah, so I guess going back before that. Um, for when I was coming out of college, um, you know, I, I did this honor combine and you know went out and did well there. And um, ultimately, you know, he he told me that uh, you know I think if you I'll give this a few years and uh, keep going, he said I think you're good enough, you know, to make a to make a roster and and get a look and whatever. And so um, the other thing he told me is that hey, you know, you're left footed and that's really really important. You know, being a punter, a lot of teams um, value that. And I, you know, i never really thought about that uh, being a factor. And I started, uh, after draft came and went, didn't hear anything, didn't get into minicamp or anything. I was a little upset, but once the season started rolling, the regular season team started calling me um, and telling my agent essentially that, hey, we're playing a left-footed punter on Sunday, we want to bring Brock out to punt to our guys, you know, however however many that may be. Sometimes it's 20 balls. Sometimes it's, you know, 50, 60 balls uh, where they they call it a tryout or a workout. But um, essentially, I'm helping them uh, by getting their returners ready to see that lefty spiral coming off my foot. And then they're helping me by giving me a look and, uh, you know, my name going on the – wire for other teams to see that I'm getting looks so um, I've been doing that was kind of my foot in the door uh, to get in an NFL facility and get workouts no pun intended Um, Mm. but yeah um, it's what got me signed in San Francisco in 2017 I started you know essentially two and a half years I was doing this where when I was first coming out of school I was like hey this is really cool getting a lot of workouts um, getting in front of teams doing well but I started to get discouraged because I did it for almost two years, and no contract came out of it. I was able to get into some rookie minicamps, which was a good a step in the right direction, but I was never, never signed, so I started to get a little frustrated. Uh, 2016 rolled around. <clears throat> San Francisco called me, and they said, Hey, we're playing the lefty, and I kind of said, Yeah, yeah. You know, I know the whole deal. Uh, I kind of went in almost with a bad attitude or a chip on my shoulder going, I've done this so many times, nothing really comes of it. Um, but you know, let's go go do it. Uh, went and punted lights out. Season ended, and January rolls around, and they ended up signing me to a futures contract. Now I ended up getting cut, but that was another step in the you know on the ladder of getting to playing in the game and you know trying to make a roster. And then kept doing that. 2018 rolls around. New York Giants called me. And they said, "Hey, we're playing a lefty." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, work out." He said, "No." We want to put you on the practice squad for a couple weeks. They had nice. a couple left in a row so so that was the, the next step even um, where I was able to, you know, they actually traveled their practice guys um, to games, be on the sideline, you know, have a couple of weeks of practice, just another step in the right direction and that was great. And then come back with the Rams before they played, like you said, in the Super Bowl, uh, Ryan Allen, the lefty Patriots punter at the time, <clears throat> able to go and kind of emulate some of the stuff he does uh, for the Rams guys. Um, And did really well. Um, And then seeing those guys on Super Bowl Sunday catching punts and hawking those down was awesome. And then fast forward to now, you know, I had another mini-camp, but was able to get signed and go through some of the training camp, and now playing in a couple games has been pretty cool.
3: Wow, that's incredible. So, Going back to the Super Bowl, were you actually at the Super Bowl doing warm up punts for the returners?
2: No, no. This was, um, I believe, I want to say two or three days before their travel day. Um, they, you know, they go way down there early, uh, Atlanta for the Super Bowl. But so I was up in Thousand Oaks, uh, hitting a few balls to their guys after practice, and then um, yeah, so I wasn't at the game. Um, however, with the Giants pregame, yeah, that was was another cool experience you know from me having not played in the game yet um to be on practice and be able to warm up with the team and actually hit some balls in the stadiums so that was great but for the super bowl unfortunately was not out there for that but still a good experience
0: so brock you know looking at your film and i've been watching you punt for it seems like
2: ever since instagram started yeah you know, like in 2013 or whatever
0: um it appears you have kind of like a, a shuffle jab and then a two-step. Or maybe but kind, of, kind of talk through your form and, and <clears throat> maybe talk about also if, if a jab, two-step, or a three-step works in the NFL and, and why it may or may not work in college. Kind of yep. talk about that and, and
2: and what special teams coordinators expect, etc. Um, You know, I, okay. from the different teams that I've been a part of, it's kind of all uh, – Different, depending on what they want. Um, You know, I've had coaches have have watches out all the time for hang time and get offs, and I've had some who don't even talk about it. Um, And as far as the footwork goes, I've heard the same thing from different coaches saying, "Oh, you know, you may want to take this step out, or um, I don't know, maybe this is more comfortable for you." And I probably have to agree with that. I mean, as far as the step stepping pattern goes and everything, it's really all about What's, what feels natural and allows you to you know get the ball off um, in a good period of time doing what you doing what you need to do yeah right now I, I've seen some film from the, the first two games to be honest on myself and um, situationally things things change I kind of kind of jump into the snap sometimes as like a shuffle step like you said mm-hmm. um, depending on the situation or how my body's feeling might sound weird, but, you know, a lot of my, my steps and and technique, not changes, but uh, will alter a little bit depending on how my body's feeling, depending on how my legs are feeling. Um, sometimes I feel like I need a little bit more juice, and I'll kind of do that the shuffle step into the ball to try to get some more, more of my weight going downfield after contact, uh, after contact, getting the ball downfield a little bit better. Um, so that depends, but, it's, you know, the more you go through the motions, the more... More time you put into punting and kicking, uh, the more you can kind of uh, listen to your body and know what's going to work best for you,
3: um, given the uh, the conditions or, or whatever it may be. Well, what's cool here, and I got a kind of a, a directional punting question for you because this is kind of based off of stuff that Brian and I try to teach at camps. Watching one of the clips when you played the the Cowboys here, and you were going directional left. It's the one you pinned down inside the five. Do teams You know, the NFL teams when you're doing practice squad stuff or obviously now that you're on the Rams and playing a few games, do they want you to disguise a directional punt or do they just let you outright show that you're going deep left?
2: Uh, It just depends on the team. You know, different teams have different schemes and and what they're trying to do. I don't want to talk too much about what the Rams are trying to have me do as as far as the scheme goes. But, you know, the rule of thumb that's kind of carried over that I've heard most special teams coordinators as far as, you know, where you're putting the ball or whatever is, you know, you have hang distance and location and a ton of different coaches have said, Hey, essentially, you know, what we're looking for on every ball is at least two out of the three on those. So hang distance location, you give me two of those three every time and we're going to be okay. We're going to get guys that can cover, cover the ball. And, you know, you can put us in a good, uh, good field position doing, at least two of those three every time. You know, ideally you want three out of three. You know, good hang, good distance, and good location. You know, that's perfect. But um, you said, "Well, you know, we'll live with two out of those three, and and you'll be okay doing that." So uh, that's kind of the goal. You know, I even i my statistics are okay after these first two games, but uh, I'd really like to improve some better direction on my punts. You know, getting it closer to the sidelines. I haven't been doing that as regularly as I'd like, and I know I'm capable of that. Um, so, you know, we're going to work that this week and try to strive for that.
0: Yeah, and so for the listeners, especially young high school punters, Brock's uh, referencing uh, directional punting, and, and even at the high school level, you'll have coaches that say, hey, put it in the corner, etc. cetera. As you're getting to college and, and the NFL, a directional and misdirection and kicking it to the sideline. You know, it's it's pivotal, so um, that's what Brock's alluding to. So, Brock, my question for you here is: uh, so, just reflecting on your past or the last five plus years, uh, you know, try to think of one or two instances. We, I mean, we always have had several guys here on the podcast, and we've we've been able to hear the kicker perspective of, "Hey, we brought in nine kickers or ten kickers, and we put them through this type of workout." Yeah. And then we picked our guy. Yeah. What's it? What's it like for punters? What What kind of workout do you guys go through? How many guys were there, etc. If you can give us a couple of examples, if you've been in that situation before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, most of the time
2: it's been kind of nice. You know, with some of these the lefty workouts, that's like ninety percent of the looks I've had have been, you know, essentially just me coming in, um, which kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Um, just knowing, hey, it's just going to be me out there getting balls, whatever. But then, you know, I've had a number of of workouts as well with two to three other punters. Um, Usually no more than that. Um, My first workout um, with other punters there was 2015 in January with Green Bay Packers. That was me, uh, Casey Redfern, who's actually playing for the Cowboys right now Uh, he's in the same boat as I am so that was cool to see him I really hadn't seen him in four years and then Cody Mandel as well who ended up getting signed out of that workout going back to your question yeah it's just um you know you prepare just like any other day planning at least I do um I've gotten better at sort of blocking out what everybody else is doing and just focusing on hitting my ball and I'm sure you know a lot of people say that um but it's it's easier said than done the more, you know, kids now are going to so many camps, so many combines that um, they have plenty of experiences to go through and um, and work on, work on just on being themselves. Um, and that was something that I struggled with. It was tough to not compare myself to others and just, and just be myself. But once I realized that, hey, you know, I'm here for a reason and my best is good enough. I'm just going to focus on me. Uh, And do that, I could just prepare and go in calm and focus on hitting my ball. And it's no different now. Um, Game day, hitting balls next to Johnny, you know, seeing the other punters across the field doing their thing. And hey, you know, I'm just going to be me because my ball is good enough. My consistency is where it needs to be. And um, trust that. Trust the work that you put in and time you put in and know that uh, you can go out and let it rip. And not worry about be worried about what anyone else is doing.
3: So, Brock, just looking at some of your clips, even from some games, I'm getting a little bit more technical, only because thinking about some of the things that Brian and I do at, at trainings with kids and camps. Just yeah. curious, how do you approach kicking out of the end zone? You know, what's your mindset on how you handle that, and how do you approach putting the ball for distance? Yeah, um, you know, that's really one of the only times that any I think special teams coach
2: is gonna. At least in the NFL is going to want you to just say, "Hey, hit the ball down the middle as far as you can." I mean, even even the game though in Dallas, we I was I wasn't fully backed up. But I was in the end zone, we still went, you know, directional left. Um, but I'm just, you know, first of all, just focus on catching the ball where I want to catch it, um, and keeping keeping my steps short and quick, but under control, and then get my body weight after making contact down the field so that the ball is going out more instead of up, that's kind of, for me, what I'm thinking. If I'm all the way backed up, I'll probably shorten my steps to just a one step with my kicking leg and then coming through. But this past week, I had, you know, a full full 15 yards there with the snap. And notice it was six blocks, so the guys weren't or fully rushing me, so I said, hey, you know, I could probably just take my normal steps here and and uh, just focus on hitting the clean ball. That was my, one of my better hits as far as location-wise too, I believe. Um, you know, outside of numbers and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I'd say in-zone balls. Uh, just make sure you're trying to hit a spiral that turns over uh, with nice short steps. And uh, you can't go wrong doing that.
0: So, Brock, uh, when we listened to you know, kicking coaches, special teams coordinators, etc. like, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, even to this day, it was always kind of like a common thing, similar to when, you know, football coaches would say, hey, keep your head down. You know, this type of stuff of, of saying, hey, if you hit it 40 yards, hit it four zero. If you hit it 45 yards, hit it 4-5. Yeah. Four, four you know, what, we're, we're in modern day age now, like. Yeah, what's what's the reality? Is it still like that like, when, when you're at the high level, the highest of high levels here in the NFL? Have you ever even heard that? What what are they saying?
2: Just um, broad, maybe not Rams, but just in general. Uh, I can remember being in San Francisco and one of the first, you know, punt or you know, special teams meetings that we had in OTAs, like way back in early April. Um, they gave us a binder, and their their goal was. Uh, the benchmark when you have an open field is hit 46 yards with 4-6 or better. Um, that was kind of where they wanted that middle ground line there uh, as a benchmark. Um, and they proceeded to talk about the two out of the three hang distance location. So you can drive a long ball, maybe low, but if it's you know outside the numbers close to the sideline, that works. Or maybe you hit high ball the location isn't great because it's down the middle but it's long and it's high that works too or you hit shorter ball um, great location you know that's gonna be a fair catch he's not returning he's like you know that's fine too so 46 46 was kind of the benchmark but then more importantly circle back around the hang distance location give me those two of those three will be fine and I've heard that from handful of special teams coaches, you know, at workouts and and mini camps and things like that. Um, So I approach, you know, every day of practice and games, you know, just trying to, trying to give those three, um, and at the very least, at least hit two of those three as a benchmark. And I'd say that, you know, um, numbers may not be as high or as far, but, you know, in high school or college in some
0: cases, but that's still, I would say, a great ratio to strive for. With the hang distance and location, you can't go wrong. So if you hit like a fifty-three yard four-six, right, it right. better be. Are you saying it needs to be the directional needs to be where it's at? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, that way you get two out of three. Because if you, yep. If you, so, that's okay. We're subtracting the hang. So, excuse me. What's your thoughts on that? That's pretty cool to me. I mean, what thoughts on that?
3: I mean, I like it. You know, it takes a. I mean, obviously you have three goals in mind, but hitting the two, you know, you have a little. I don't want to say less pressure, but you know you got two variables that could really b- positively affect the game. I like that. I might have to incorporate that in training. So I, that's be cool to
2: it'd be cool to make kids do that at camps, yeah, you know, or camps and stuff. You could. Yeah, I think it's a good um, a good reminder. You know, obviously, like I said, you know, you're always shooting for the three out of three. You know, like a fifty-five zero outside the numbers. I mean, you can't draw it up any better than that, but. Um, you know, having something to fall back on, realistically, a game-like situation. You know, it's not going to be like that every ball, but no matter who you are. Um, so, I think that's, you know, a good reminder. Just make every kick with, you know, those goals is your intention. Um, and, I'm you know, I'm not even there yet. I mean, my last couple games, um, we got such good gunners here in L.A. and Coach Fossils coaches those guys up so well that I've hit a couple – You know, 50 yards falls, but they're in the alley, but not great, great hang time. And, you know, we're still able to net, you know, only a two or three yard return a lot of times. So um, something I'm working on this week, to be honest, um, for next week is really get the ball uh, closer to the sideline outside the numbers every single time instead of, you know, 60, 70 percent of the time. So I'd say any kids can work on that
3: no matter the age, you know, like that. Yeah. Hey, I got some random fan-type questions. Are the Holly brothers still on the Rams? Nick and his brother? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Um, right now we have the, the Cup brothers, Cooper Cup
2: and Kettner Cup. Nice. Uh, both brothers who played at Eastern Washington. I actually actually played against Cooper Cup in his first year at Eastern Washington during the Big Sky Conference with us at Southern Utah. Um, and he's been an absolute Weapon, and then I believe his younger brother is his rookie year, and he went
3: undrafted. But I gotta imagine that's pretty cool is having you know one of your brothers uh, in the NFL together. Yeah, yeah, cool. I can imagine. Well, Nick, he went to a MAC school, and I'm drawing a blank on which school he was at, but he he was training in Minnesota with one of the agility coaches. So some of our punters okay. locally would punt to him, and then him and his brother got signed to the Rams last season. So I was just curious. Well,
1: hey, Brock, bouncing around? Yes,
0: sir. So, Brock, talk about holding. You know, you've held for a lot of different kickers in the NFL and and obviously yeah. where you're at right now with the Rams. Uh, talk about the importance of that. I mean, it's not, we're, we're already seeing in the last year just getting high school kids more into holding, and it's cool to see that transition a bit. Maybe talk about the details with these kickers and holding at the, the NFL level. Yeah, I th- um, I th- I'm a
2: firm believer in, know, anybody can be a great holder. Um, I'd say, you know, reps over everything. I used to, I mean, shoot, even before I came out here, uh, we got a little strip of turf back home at my parents' house, which is great. And my dad always, you know, after work, come over, whatever, a couple times a week, and he'll toss me, you know, some punt snaps just underhand, um, and I'm just catching, molding, dropping, taking my steps. And then, you know, 40, 50, on a knee where he's, he's throwing underhand holds to me and I'm just catching with my spot, trying to, trying to hit the spot, uh, rotate the ball, catch the ball where I want to do it um, and, I think he's turned me into a pretty dang good holder, um, just, just with the repetitions alone, you know, it's just like anything, kids are always practicing their drops and steps um, and not practicing as much with the holds, you know, now, of course, you need a snap every time with a hold. You can't really simulate it any other way, you know. Whereas, you know, punt drop you can do all day, um, but you can get anybody to throw you, throw you hold snaps, and you that got seven days a week. It takes no toll on your body, and um, turn you into a great holder. Now that you know the details of that, you know every kicker is different with how they want it, um, but you can really get the basics down with just repetition after repetition of hitting the spot, rotating the laces. Um, what really helped me was with the repetition was being able to track the rotation of the ball from the snap coming into my hand. So I can almost predict after you've done it for so long, you can see the ball and the laces rotating in. So as you catch it, you know where the laces are going to be and actually rotate ball or wrist roll on the way down the spot now, some kickers don't like that. Some kickers would rather just have the ball come down to the spot and then you spin it on the ground. Um, but I like to catch the ball and see the snap coming in with the laces and where they're going to be, and then you know, start, to, start the rotation of the ball if the laces aren't facing the uprights on
3: the way down, and that way, you know, the kicker's not seeing the ball spinning on the ground as he's coming in to kick it. Um, but the repetitions is helped me more than anything, it's just time, you know, time doing it, grinding it out has helped a lot. That's awesome. I'm curious here, earlier in the interview you talked about how each year was kind of a milestone for you in terms of yeah. you kinda of hit a new goal and then now you're actually brought in and you're actually kicking in preseason games. Obviously yeah. you have two stellar veteran specialists on the squad as well. What's what's the mindset like as I don't want to call you a camp leg, but you know, obviously, you're going against uh, established guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what's your mindset going into something like that? Uh, you know, I haven't
2: I haven't thought about it too much because you know, like I said, it's been such a quick you know call, and I literally drove up to the facility you know the day after I got the call and, and signed, and you know, we were flying to Napa the next day for uh, some joint practices with with the Raiders and things like that. Um, so I haven't thought too much about it. I know that here I was strictly brought in, you know, to give Johnny and Greg a break on their legs for the, you know, second half of the game so they can get ready for the season. Um, but, you know, I think I'm doing well, and, you know, hopefully I'm just, I'm just taking it one punt at a time, uh, one kick at a time, making it the best I can make it, and, you know, let the rest take care of itself. I talked to my agent a little bit about, You know, my performances these past two games and everything like that, and he said, hey, you know, moving forward, whatever happens, this is going to make you more marketable Um, if there's an injury. You know, before I had so many workouts, but if a guy goes down in the regular season or a a team makes a change of punter, if you haven't played in a pro game in the NFL, regardless of how many workouts you've had or how well you've been doing, if you don't have pro experience, game experience, they're not going to, not going to be on that short list. And that was something that I was missing for so long. So I'm super thankful now that I have some game tape where I'm able to show what I can do a little bit. So if there is something that happens that at least be considered. But uh, from some of the other preseason games that I've seen, you know, teams have, have two team punters. Everybody out there is really good. You know, Everybody's here for a reason. So um, I'm just focusing on controlling what I can control, and that's in my best in practice and then trying to put put you know my best um, punts and and kicks on tape um, and just taking it one day at a time because that's all I can control and if, you know if something happens after this that would be great um, and you know Jonathan and Greg have been encouraging too saying hey you just keep doing what you're doing and good things are gonna happen but regardless you um, grew up in Rams family so this has been. An absolute dream come true um, to have my first, you know, shot at playing in games being with being with the LA Rams is pretty dang cool. And I'm forever forever grateful for that. Yeah, very deserving. You've been working hard, uh, Brock. My, my last question before Chris
0: goes into his last one or two questions is just some some technical drill stuff here. So when yeah, obviously you're a lefty, so you know obviously you talk it from a lefty and then a righty because obviously we have a lot of righties as well, but. Sure. You're, you know, you're looking at uh, a six-foot punter and yourself, and when when talk about your drop angle,
2: where you're pointing it at on the clock, uh, if you're coming out from the waistband or the or the mm. sternum, etc., kind of talk about what you do, what works for you, and if you were talking to a 15- 16-year-old punter right, right now or, or a, a junior college-level punter, etc., kind of yeah. talk about what you do with the drop and your steps, etc. Um. You know, for me, it's been, you know, things are always in motion. And, you know, this is something I've talked to talk Darren ben about, about um, where my hand should be on the ball, how high it should be, how low it should be, um, steps, all this stuff. And, you know, what I've come to realize is that it's something that's, you know, always in motion. You know, I was talking to Darren, and he said, he said, in this Australian accent, I'm not going not gonna to imitate it, but he said, you know, your drop's not going to be the same. December playing in Chicago as it was, you know, as it's going to be in training camp in L.A. in August. Um, So things are always in motion. um, But with that being said, you know, some things remain the same always. You know, um, you want a flat drop. Or for me, I like the ball. I mold the ball straight um, with it flat. And as I release it, the nose sort of goes down. because as you point your toe, I'm a firm believer in having the nose down. Not all the way down, but, you know, I'd like to show you here with my hands. I can't. Nose slightly down, so when you point your toe, you're hitting the fat part of the ball. For me, as a lefty, the nose would be pointed at 1 o'clock, which I think pretty much everybody teaches. I know some Australians try to turn it a little bit more, but for me, I'm pretty much dead set at 1 o'clock as a lefty, so I guess 11 uh, as a righty. Get a nice clean release with the hand. I... Some of my miss hits, I kind of was actually talking to Coach Fossil about this in week one. I, you know, a couple miss hits. I released the ball and it's not clean, it sort of sticks to my thumb a little bit. So that's something that's just really getting a clean drop. Straight steps, not stepping inside with your drive foot or too far outside. Plant plant foot straight where you want to go. Um, your plant pointing to the direction of where you want to hit the ball. Um, and then I guess rule of thumb for for the drop height is uh, you know, I'd say lower rib cage. Um, just like you're shaking hands with somebody, for the most part, you can't go wrong. I actually, raised a drop. When I start to miss hit the ball, it's because I'm I'm dropping it a little bit too low. Start missing, start missing the sweet spot on the ball um, a little bit. So I'd say I'm shooting for the rib cage right now. Flat drop, slight like, slightly nose down, point the toe and uh, swing through it downfield where you want it to go, and the
3: results usually get. That's kind of my thinking today, so, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's pretty – sounds like you got the the fundamentals down for punting, so that was fun to follow and see that, you know, that's what you're following as well and finding success there.
0: Real quick on that, Brock, when you talk about releasing it, I've heard a couple of punting coaches talk about floating the ball. Is that terminology similar there, like – i you know, I've heard guys that teach that, um, that's not
2: really something that, that I've ever worked on or, or that term that I've really given myself, that kind okay. of, of floating it out there. I see, I see guys do that. Um, I see guys that worked that, and, you know, are really successful with it. Um, I really think about, like, I'm just setting the ball on a table and then even mm-hmm. sometimes, um... Uh, what I call like a lever drop where my arm's just coming straight underneath to my hip because um, if you think about it uh, when you're running uh, I can't really do this right but left knee you're releasing your arm down your knee naturally comes up at the same time as if you're running it's the opposite hand opposite leg thing so with the left arm coming back as I'm dropping the ball my knee's coming forward and a lot of times um, that helps me. Uh, I kind of use that as a keyword. Um, my drops kind of you say, so, "Hey, just lever drop, bring that arm straight on, straight back to your hip. That leg comes through straight, and uh, cleans up a lot of things." Would you be put? Are you a guy that likes to put the ball in dead center
0: quad? Or are you an outside shade quad or inside <clears> the quad in your thigh? What about that? Um, my landmark is kind of. Um,
2: Right now, at least, um, when the ball is molded in my hand, my thumb is near the top of the laces, but more to the right. And I just sort of line that up on my knee um, okay. in my first roll. Um, I want to say um, I have a tendency, my miss hits are usually off the inside where I'm chasing it. So um, probably need to get, get that ball a little outside more. Um, to be honest, because um, when I do miss it, it's usually um, inside, and then I'm Got swinging it. around um, trying to catch up with it. Um, so, yeah, but I'd say thumb. You know, so, I guess it's really trying to line it up with my knee uh, from there, then at the ribs down. So, on that line. Thank you. Perfect.
3: Uh, I'm just curious here as a free agent type trying to pursue the league. You know, we always tell guys who really want to pursue it, I mean, you're, you're basically training 364 days for that one tryout. I'm just kind of curious, what was your regular day like as a free agent, hoping and waiting for that tryout opportunity?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I tell a lot of guys, because um, one of my good buddies who was a snapper at Southern Utah, he actually, um, he snapped me my senior year. He was a true freshman, and he had come out this past year. He broke his wrist, but he really wants to snap. And he's asked me this question, you know, what's it take? I've seen your journey, this and that. And um, before I go into it, I mean, I told him, I said, I said, look, I this has been a journey for me, but and a grind, as a lot of guys call it. But for me, it's really not. If you love, if you truly love kicking, punting, or snapping, then it's it's not a grind because I look forward to it every day. You know, hitting the weight room, hitting the field, doing drills, uh, whatever. And I still love. You know, some guys get burnt out. I'm I'm nowhere near that yet. Um, I, I still love it. But yeah, a typical day. Um, not including my my work schedule is, you know, working out in the morning, in the room, going to work for a few hours, uh, hitting the field uh, with with Michael Houston. Uh, I can probably two to three times a week. Uh, this is just you know any given week, any given day at lunch for about an hour and a half, After work, after work, uh, get some drill work in at night, stretching, Um, by drill work I mean just drops, steps, things like that, holds, and then tissue, foam rolling, stretching, at night while you're watching TV, whatever. Um, That three times a week, and then on the off days, where you're not taking, still doing the drills, um, and stretching and things like that, so that you can um, you're not losing ground on the pace. You're actually not kicking. You're actually gaining ground, improving.
3: We've all been there. It's that it's that grind. You just never know when that opportunity is coming. in. hopefully, yours. Exactly. The, the so, last thing you want is, is to
2: get that opportunity and then not be ready. And um, it's really easy to be ready when you enjoy the process. Well, Brock, wanted to ask
3: you our staple question we ask everybody. With our research and what you've said, you've played two professional preseason games, so we're assuming those two stadiums are your favorite experiences so far, so maybe not including yeah. them. What are your five like favorite stadium experiences as a collegiate athlete?
2: Okay, um, that's great. Um, no, i I got to start with the, the home stadium of the Southern Utah Thunderbirds in Cedar City. Uh, it's not the biggest stadium. It's pretty small, to be honest, for... You know, Division One, AA, We're actually the smallest stadium capacity in the Big Sky Conference. Um, but there's some great pictures of online online of the, the backdrop of the, the Red Rock Mountains in the background. Makes uh, for a pretty cool environment for a football game. So I'd have to say, um, Eccles Coliseum, Southern Utah University, is an awesome stadium. Um, another one, University of Montana, uh, the Grizzlies. Uh, That is an absolute college football town. I don't think there's a whole lot of other stuff to do there. Uh, In Montana, that stadium is just sold out no matter what, and I had some great games there. Um, That one's up on the list for sure. Um, We played, my junior year, we played at Cal. Uh, I got to punt to Keenan Allen. He actually took one back on us, but uh, that was an awesome stadium. Growing up watching Cal, and you know that school and they were at the top was pretty cool, so playing in that stadium was up there. Um, trying to think about um, other cool places I played. Um, Portland State is another team in our division in the Big Sky who they play in the Portland Timbers MLS Stadium. Um, so that was sort of cool. I mean, um, not a huge fan turnout, but a pretty unique environment uh, to play in with that. That stadium being the the pro soccer stadium, that was cool. Um, And then one more, I'll probably go with uh, Northern Iowa, um, UNI, they got a pretty cool dome there. And like I said, growing up a Rams fan, Kurt Warner, uh, quarterback of the Rams for many years, he played at at Northern Iowa and had all kinds of stuff about him uh, around the stadium. And that place uh, got pretty dang loud for a a 1AA school. Um, Rode in on the mascot was writing in on like a Harley Davidson at halftime or a pregame. That was kind of cool. So, uh, that would probably conclude my list. It's, you know, there's plenty more awesome stadiums I've, I've been to, but that one is a, a top five. Yeah, I really appreciate that list. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am played at Ball State. Shoot, we barely have 23,000 people that
0: the stadium holds, but we never filled it. But, I mean, I appreciate the mid-majors. It's nice here in the northern Iowa's, Montana's, and obviously Southern Utah. I mean, I've only even thought of Southern Utah just because of you. I've never even really, right, thought much of that program, and just because of you and knowing you in the past and following you is, you know, I'm intrigued by that place. It's kind of like one of those schools, like Eastern Washington. It's just, you know, it's just
2: one of those nice West Coast schools that that you know they always produce good teams and, and good specialists. But, um, but yeah, been, I was going to mention Eastern Washington as being one that I forgot because of the red field. Uh, oh, so the Inferno. Did, you, did you get to yeah. play on it? When we played there there uh, twice. I think um, my first year playing there, we actually played them in December, and I remember they were talking about, oh, the Inferno, the Inferno, the place is, is awesome, and they call it that, you know, cause the Turf red. And I remember halftime, there's something that messed up with, like, the drainage on the field, and so, like, snow had melted, and it was just, like, half an inch of water sitting on the field and my feet were frozen it was freezing cold I'm like so much for the Inferno this place is it's cool but dang it's pretty damn cold for a place called the Inferno but that, that stadium and that, that environment there is probably up there as well so thanks for reminding me yeah, yeah man uh, always always love the FCS
0: programs do yes big sir time, big time do you want to play well Nothing. Brock man up hey everyone that's listening make sure you guys
1: go follow Brock on Instagram it's basically Brock Miller, but the the O is zero. So just follow him, it's Brock
0: Miller, on Instagram and appreciate and it. check out his form. He has really good punting form and it's really fun specials
2: to watch. Wish you the best of luck, man. We can't wait to see you stick, dude. We we know you're going to stick. Awesome. I appreciate the support, you guys, and I'm looking forward to uh, catching up again soon.
3: Awesome. Well, thanks, Brock, and. Well, uh, we'll be in touch and follow your journey, and maybe we'll uh, we'll kind of recap once you stick with a, a team and, and do a, a follow-up interview. That'd be fun. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Yep. take Bye care. Brother. Later. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Well, all right, Chris, season three, first
0: episode, Brock Miller. Man, that I learned a lot, especially on how he computes, how, how he likes to do his drop table and, you know, where he puts the ball. What did you think of the interview?
3: I liked it. It was fun. Uh, like you said, the technical side of it is always fun on my end, and it's cool to hear that the type of technique you're training high school and college kids on is pretty much the same technique that pros are using, so that's further validation, you know, that we're we're on to something, so that was fun to hear. Um, obviously, just like hearing his journey, you know, I I gave it six years and couldn't quite latch on, and... Uh, It's cool to see a guy go through the grind, and I mean, he's pretty much been doing it for three to four years, and it's starting to click. You know, he's starting to hit that, as he kind of said, the next ladder step. You know, and he's just, he's getting it. So it'd be fun to see if he makes it. Yeah, absolutely. And you
0: know, it's a new season, right? Supposedly Antonio
3: Brown is on the Raiders, maybe. You know, uh, Le'Veon Bell's the Jets,
0: Odell Beckham's in Cleveland. But the one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting any money down is on all the games. All right, so my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. No doubt. My Bookie has better bonuses, has more prop bets than any other sports book, period. They're hosting the first online handicap super contest, first place guaranteed to win at least one hundred grand. That'd be nice, huh? hundred grand, Chris. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I mean it only costs hundred dollars to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize cool. And that's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. And what's really nice here on the 4th Down Experience Podcast, guys, is you guys have a special promo code, and it is PUNT. Literally the word PUNT, P-U-N-T. Uh, activate that for the offer. Just visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code PUNT when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid.
3: No doubt. You know, this is my first year using MyBookie. Excited to try to win some money doing some prop bets. I, You know, you always do it with your friends for Super Bowls and all that stuff. And excited to see what I can do this fall. Try to win some money. Um, I mean, the promo code is awesome, too. Punt. I mean, just like the, the interview we just had with the punter. That's right. So, you guys check it out. Check my bookie out and go win yourself, you know, six figures, 100 grand. That's right. All right, guys. We're excited to be back for season three uh, we are excited for our lineup of interviewees that we got coming up. Uh, some guys, pretty big names that you've heard, uh, free agents and, and current guys in the league. So stay tuned, and we'll see you next week.
0: Follow us on Twitter, 4th Down Experience. See you later. Later. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram
1: at fourth down experience.